I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrorist gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall in London's dock. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Achtung Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast brought to you by CBL Magazine. My name is Nick Hart and today's show dwells, it dwells some time actually on yesterday's bad day at the office with Mill's 2-0 defeat at the hands of Ipswich Town. Coming up later in the show then, we've got live, unadulterated footage from the Love Coop, also known as Portman Road. First, however, a short word from our sponsors, the Punters Helper, www.theph.co.uk. Welcome to a new way to look at horse racing. For just £10 a month, the Punters Helper offers a daily tipping selection, as well as detailed analysis on some of the key races and key meetings of the season including the Epsom Derby, Royal Ascot and the Cheltenham Festival. The Punters Helper, our business is profit. Why not join us? www.theph.co.uk Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
so here we are, ladies and gentlemen, at Portman Road. We've got two very special guests for today's show. To my right, to my far right, Mr. Crazy Hawks, Mr. Neil Andrews, but in the middle, the real special guest, Crazy Hawks' son, Stan. Welcome to the show, Stan. Hi. This is your very first away game, I understand. Yeah. Oh, are you looking forward to it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's going to win? No one. Good answer. Correct answer. We'll be back to Stan later in the show, once he's had a few um, thoughts of what he might want to say. What was your first away game, Neil? First away game you ever went to, mate? Charlton Athletic, about 1978. 78. I remember we won 2-1. Yeah. I think Phil Walker got the winner. I always remember someone got injured right in front of me, and I was fixated with the little kind of trolley they brought on to carry him off. I think I was at that game. Phil Walker, was it 4-2? Four, four yeah, it was about 78. 77 or 78 was my first away game. I think I was at that game. It was in the, what was the covered end? Yeah. It was a midweek game. was under the floodlights of the valley. And the covered end was entirely packed with Milwaukee balls, as I remember. It was back in the dinosaur era where you could do such a thing. Great game. My first away game was um, 73. I mean, that was Cholton at the Old Valley. And I think I stood right up on the back of the, um, the old side team. Which was vast, and I stood all the way up there because it seemed like it was a continental ground, and you could look, you had the kind of continental style view down, massive stadium. Old European style. Yeah, it wasn't, it was Charlton, but it just seemed to me to be the thing I should do. Instead of flares, they've got their timetables waving. <laughs> oh, look, the 57's passing through. I remember the, what, my first memory, obviously in, in sharp contrast to um, Coldblow Lane, but there was a bloke in front of me at, at Charlton who kept calling their players a nana. That, that was his term of abuse, calling their players a nana. And at, at that moment, I knew that we were in a very, very different club. So how would you get on your game this morning, Stan? Uh, we won 2-1. 2-1. Who scored the goals? Um, my friend Dan and Charlie. Oh, right. Not you? No, not yet. What position do you play in? Uh, strike. Striker. All right. So you're lacking... It was a bad return for a striker. Yeah, then. but I had a very well, good shot on goal, though. <laughs> Where did it all go wrong today? Because uh, you get the chances. We've given the opportunities to score. Yeah. I've been watching John Marquis a bit too much. <laughs> So I've got some interesting statistics to share with you, Stan. Here, this August, Millwall won three, drew one, lost one, scored six, and conceded four goals. That's our best August since 1999. What year were you born? 2004. That's the best August of your life, in that case. The other best August was 2004. Funny enough, that was um, we won three, drew one, lost one again. Ten points from that. Results like Plymouth nil nil, Wigan nil two. We beat Leicester two nil with goals from Jody Morris. Remember him nil, Jody Morris. No, I'm trying to forget him. <laughs> Daniel Dicchio, remember Danny Dicchio. Trying to forget him as well. He also scored the winner against Coventry that August, and also the one against Reading. So we had, we had a rip roaring start. Um, Strange thing is, with a good August, you think that ought to set you up for a good season, but it doesn't necessarily work out. Um, we finished 10th in 2004-05 after a rip-roaring August by our standards. We tend not to start very well. 95, 96, what an August that was. August, September, October. Yeah. And where do we get relegated? Here at Ipswich. Oh dear, that's depressed me now. August 2003, we beat Wigan 2-0, goals from Wise and Timmy Cahill. We beat Sunderland with Noel Whelan, there's a, there's a name from the past, Noel Whelan. Drew with Crew, Drew with Stoke, and then Bob Peters saved the day at Crystal Palace for a 90-second minute 
equaliser. And Bob Peters' stand is now the manager of Charlton. He was a Millwall legend. Wow. Fantastic player. And that season we finished 10th, and that was also the, the, the doom of Mark McGee that season. So, decent August don't necessarily equate to a great season. And 95-96 is probably the classic example, because we finished up going down that year. Wasn't that interesting, Stan? Mm. Yeah, you he, he, shrugged. he shrugged. He shrugged. Um, what's your score prediction, Stan? For this game? Yeah. Uh, 2-1 Millwall. What about in the week? Reading away? 0-0. Nil, 0-0. Nil. Nil, nil. And next week at home to Forest? 1-0. Uh, 1-0. All. All. Okay, so Stan's predicting 8 points. 8 points from the week. He's, a, he's, he's predicting a good return now from three very difficult games. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see on that one. I like your prediction. We'll take those score lines now. Just sitting opposite the East of England Cooperative stand, which has got the strange uh, seating design. It says Love, love Co-op, but actually it's Love, love Coop. It sounds like a track by the B-52s. It's down on Love Coop. It's one of the most welcoming family clubs around. And they get a traditional Millwall welcome back. <laughs> Where I used to live, there was a lot of Ipswich Town fans, yeah. and most of them did actually drive tractors. <laughs> Strangest sight of all, um, Ipswich have got like a, probably supposed to be a, 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 a dray horse of some sort, with a, a, a drum in front of it, like a military drum. And it's, it's making all sorts of obscene gestures to the middle crowd and getting obscene coming back. Weird. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why Mill was invented to insult the late nation, the length and breadth. Wherever it goes, you'll be insulted. And it comes to two teams, ladies and gentlemen. Mill in yellow and blue today. Yellow shirts, blue shorts, yellow stockings. We'll start today with Matthias Renegi up front, the striker on loan from Watford. In midfield, we've got the youngster Jack Powerplane, made an excellent debut the other week. Let's see what he can produce today. Really good turnout, away turnout today at Portman Road. Ipswich kick us off, kicking away to the right as we look from the away side. Away fans located down the side stands. So we're looking at the Rob, Bobby Robson stand away to our right and the uh, Alf Ramsey to our left. Beautiful long pass forward from Jack Powell there. Almost found Renegan. That was, that was a beautiful pass. This boy Powell really does look the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. That was reminiscent of the Johan Cruyff of my youth, I can tell you. Ipswich coming down the left-hand side of Mill Penalty area, cleared by Alan Dunn, out to the eight, and it runs clear again to Millwall. Halfway line now, Dunn pumps it forwards diagonally to Scott Malone, who collects it neatly inside the Ipswich penalty area. Back is Jermaine Easter, can he get the shine? Saved by the Ipswich goalkeeper, unlucky. 13 minutes. And Mitchell's on the attack, number 11 pumps it across the Mill penalty area. No danger, 18 minutes gone, Millwall had the best two chances of this opening 18 minutes, that's for sure. 
Nice football from Milford midfield there. Nice little triangle movements. Finds out Edwards over on the right-hand side. He's forward to Scott McDonald. Probably two men on him. Back to Carlos Edwards. Over on the far side of the Ipswich penalty area. Glances across. Oh, it nearly falls to Renegi. Can't make the shot. It's Malone. Back into Renegi and gets ahead on target. Just over. Just over on target. 22 minutes. Another nice move by Millwall. It wasn't on target. It was over the top of the target. Away in the distance, the incessant drum beat, like the Apache on the warpath. <laughs> Awful error by David Ball kicking out, gives the ball to the number nine, just on the edge of the mill penalty area, shot is blocked. Here's Easter, it's more centrally, shoots. High over the bar. Feel a bit of miracle football in a field goal. Comes Ipswich. On target from the eight there, little ball inside from number two, taken on the run by the eight, and it was on target, but full took nicely. Mill just put themselves in trouble a little bit now, they're throwing ball straight back to Ipswich, they're coming at us again, far right, and that's going to be a corner. 27, 28 minutes on the clock. Switch corner over the far side, it's floated in, nodded back, and over the bar. Ipswich coming down the right again, a little bit of pressure now from Ipswich, and the 11 cuts inside. Cleared by the Mill defence again. They're just coming into the game a little bit, Ipswich. It was very much Mill in the early stages. But the last few minutes or so, it's just starting to look more dangerous coming forwards. There you come Ipswich, the number 11 down the right hand side. He's got space, the tens, acres of space around him. Cuts it back to the 11. Can he get a shot on goal? It's miles wide. To the derision. That's the derision of a Mill support. Ipswich on the break now. Nice work by Powell, wins the ball for Inegi. on Running through centre now, ball wide. It's Wolford, can he get a shot in? Oh! Into the side, netting. 41 minutes. Thought that was in for a minute there, ladies and gentlemen, but it was into the side, netting. It's the 11 down by the far right-hand side. Corner flag for Ipswich, plays it back to the two. Into 27, just inside the mill penalty area now on the right-hand side. Back out to 11, who floats it across. It's on target and Ford tips it over. Headed downwards and up into the far right-hand corner. And Ford done well to tip it round for a corner. Here's Jack Powell, just on the edge of the penalty area. His ball is a little bit too short. Just starting to look a little bit lost in this game for me, Powell, at the end of the first half. Wouldn't surprise me to see a switch made at half-time. Here's Ipswich on the attack now. The seven million pound rated McGoldrick puts it inside. It's 27. Oh, that looked like a trip on the edge of the penalty area. That's a goal. Fuck. 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 Loads and loads of time given to the Ipswich players to look it about on the edge of the middle penalty area. It went wide and just chipped over for one nil Ipswich. Unfortunately, right on the death of the first half. That's harsh on Millwall, harsh. But in this, this level, you've got to take your chances, and Millwall haven't taken their chances so far. There's half-time. Ipswich 1, Millwall 0. Harsh on the lines. We had chances, had three decent chances. Best of the bunch being the one here, the crossbar. But you don't put the ball in there, you don't lead the game. So there it is. They did, they did that, and they're one up. We'll be right back after these messages, ladies and gentlemen.
under. Beautiful beaches, huge skies and endless sunshine. Yeah, but what's missing? There's only one answer to that, mate. Millwall. But now no worries. There's a group of like-minded Aussie Millwall fans that want to hear from you. The Millwall Down Under group are based in Sydney. They have Lions fans from all over us. They're looking for new members for regular get-togethers and five-a-side tournaments. All against other expat British football fans. So they don't have to leave your heart at Coldwell Lane, because Millwall are down under too. How do you get in touch then? Google search the football fans down under website. Or easier still, email bondilion at gmail.com. Rip up. I'm going to ask you the question then, Neil. Passing football, what we're seeing, do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Only if it leads to a goal. As against traditional Millwall 4 4 2, wingers, only, old school. Only it leads to a goal. Yeah, no, that's the thing, isn't it? Don't care what formation you play, it's got to lead to a goal. Tippy Tappy passing it around. Yes, you know. I mean, for me today, we've looked better. We've looked, we've looked a little bit more dangerous going forward than we have at times in some of the recent games. We still, we've, we've created the best chances at the half, and yet we're 1-0 going into the second. That's the major criticism of the style of, of, of play we've got at the moment for me. Yeah, I may have been a bit harsh there, but, you know, direct football never works for me. Um, passing football, as long as you create the chances, you're just knocking it back and keeping possession. Yeah, we have looked dangerous going forward. Uh, Malone and uh, Medwards yeah. both look really good going down the flank. McDonald's look good in midfield, but up front looks a bit blunt. We need something with a bit of pace, I think. You lost the king of Easter, mate. Either, he's, he's holding the ball up well, but he looks devoid of confidence. Yeah, he looks like he's not going to score. Um, he doesn't believe he's going to score. He's shooting in hope more than anything. I don't think he can depend on a run in the team. It's the first time I've seen him start yeah. for a while. But I think he needs someone a bit faster next to him. They need someone in a pace going through the middle, which we ain't got at the moment. Yeah. A bit very slow going through the middle, where a nice boy over the top has caused some trouble on the flanks. Renegi looks strong up front. He hasn't looked dangerous, but he looks strong. He'll be back to the goal a lot of the time. Yeah, he looks a bit disinterested as well, I think. Um, pass the ball nicely to Wolford, you know, for that chance. Yeah. You know, he's put himself about, but if it doesn't go his way, head drops. It's a big if. If that, if that um, crossbar shot got in, it, it would have changed the, the complexion that first half. It, it was a lot harder than it looked. So yeah. There was a load of bodies in front of him. He had to put it that high to get over the heads of everyone. But it's unfortunate. I thought Woodford was very unlucky not to score with the original toe poke. Yeah, yeah. Lovely yeah. play from McDonald and um, Malone on the wing to set it up. As it is, we're going to be chasing the game the second half, so we'll see what we can do. Hence the pace. Well, then we need the pace yeah. up front. He needs to change up front, I think. Stan's pre-match prediction was 2-1 Millwall, I think, wasn't it? Actually, actually, Stan, it's still on, because although Ipswich are one up, yeah. we can get two in the second half, mate, can't we? Yeah. So you're still predicting 2-1? Yeah. Are you still going there? Stan still calls it 2-1 Millwall. We'll see how it stands at the end of uh, 90 minutes. We've got a bloke in front of us reading the Financial Times. Back in the, that would have been a fantastic Millwall brick back in the day, Neil. True, but do you remember the days when everyone used to look at our share price when it was going up? Yeah. I don't think it's even listed these days. Not listed anymore, no. no. Guys coming in, it looks like, for uh, Jack Powell. So Powell out of the game at the start of the second half. And in comes uh, McGay. Gay. Yeah, Can you pronounce that name correctly, Stan? McGay. 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 This was on the attack now, down the left, ball into the box. 
open chance for uh, their number 10, McGoldrick. 48 minutes gone, that was dangerous. Mill catch a break there. Put wide. Long ball finds Gray just outside the Ipswich penalty area. Four on goal. Tackle at the last moment took it away from him. 49 minutes. Lunagi seems to spend the whole game, ladies and gentlemen, he's back to the goal. I know he's doing a job, but you just want to see a striker make a forward run or two at times. He's not really done that for me this afternoon so far, anyway. 54 minutes gone, still Ipswich 1, Mill 0. Mill crowd trying to get behind their team. 56 minutes on the clock. Not sure I'm knowing what to make of Matthias Renegi at the moment. He's looked strong, but not dangerous. He's going off as well. Hmm. Looks like he might be going off soon. Probably not a bad call, but he's not really done much for me this afternoon. 62 minutes, here comes Ipswich again. They're three down the left-hand side. Wins a corner. He's looked dangerous, this three. Can't quite see his name. It's like his name is Drinks. It's not really Drinks. It just looks like it. Marks. Mings. Can't, I can't read his name. And intriguing if his name was Drinks. Tab is now taking a corner in front of us. Swings it in. It's not in a round. It's a goal. Another defensive lapse from Millwall's basic corner. Ball bobbled around inside the Ipswich penalty area and stabbed home from close. 2 0. Can't see us coming back from that, ladies and gentlemen, but hope springs eternal. I think we're done 4 0. We're doomed. We're doomed. We're doomed. We're doomed. So, 26 minutes to save the game. We're not going to save it as we're currently lining up, ladies and gentlemen. We've not looked dangerous at all in the second half. Mill with a free kick. On the edge of the Ipswich penalty area, right-hand side of centre. Six-man ball in front of him. McDonald floats it in. It's on target, just tipped over. Unlucky. Easter's coming out. Looks like Fuller's going to come in for Easter. Wolford's coming out. In comes Ed Upson for Martin Wolford's. 1,321 Millwall fans here today, ladies and gentlemen. Just announced the 16,000 attendance. Corner flashed across the Ipswich penalty area whilst I was giving you that useful information. There's Malone. Floated in nicely into the danger area. Oh, it's off the line. He's given, given a free kick on the, on the goalkeeper. Ipswich 10 just blasted over the bar from inside the mill penalty area. That should have been 3-0. And then really will be done, dusted, and uh, time to go on. As it is, 73 minutes. Still two goals behind. Not shown a huge amount to suggest that we're going to get those two goals back. But this was on the attack again. Floated in towards the number nine. Heads just wide. 76 minutes. Another chance for Ipswich there, got to say. 77 minutes. Ipswich corner. It's a contrast when they come forwards. They do look dangerous, and we don't look dangerous. Long ball forward. Almost finds Fuller's offside. 80 minutes gone. Mill fans started to stream for the exits. 10 minutes short of the mark. Can't say I blame them. This was on the attack again. Now the 10 shoots from 
with just over inches over the bar on the 81st minute. Four minutes, still time. We can still be done. Miracles do happen. Very, very disappointing second half. I thought until the goal went in, we were more than in the game, but that goal right on the stroke of half time seems to have done us in. Second half, very disappointing show by Millwall. Probably the worst of passing football in the second half. Lots of aimless triangles. No chances created. Worth the name, anyway. So, Stan, your career as a TV tipster is probably not looking good at the moment, mate. Yeah. I think stick to the professional football. That's my, that's yeah. my advice, all right? What do you think of the second half? Yeah. It wasn't that good. <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's the game. So that's it from Portland Road. It's goodbye from Stan. See ya. Goodbye from Crazy Horse. Yeah, see ya. See you after these messages. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Co-host, now you are now regular, Charlie, aren't you? How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm a bit shattered, to be honest. I, I went up to Ipswich today, and um, I've not long got indoors, so um, I, <laughs> I feel like curling up with a, with a scotch and then going to bed or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was a miserable game this afternoon. You, you saw it on the, on the stream. I... Yeah, I managed to catch most of the game through that, um, so it was it was quite nice to get a, a perspective of it, to be honest. But um, just wish the second half was as good as the first, really. Yeah, it was a funny old game. I mean, um, I'm just going to open up with a tweet that James Blewett has posted earlier on. I think it captures it quite nicely. He says, it's a strange game. After 40 minutes, he was harbouring thoughts of the playoffs, and at 90 minutes, he's fearing a relegation battle. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, that sums it up in a, in a nutshell, really, because, you know, the opening, certainly the opening part of the first half, I don't know if you saw that bit, Charlie, but we, I mean, we hit the crossbar early on. I think it was the eighth or the ninth minute, and I think it was um, Easter that shot. Hit the crossbar, and on a different day, that might have gone in, and then we would have had the Fulham game, as we, you know, as we were just discussing. And you know, it, you can you can see how once we go ahead, we we're a team that's set up to control from there onwards. But as it was, it didn't go in, and then we finished up conceding on the on the death of the first half, and that really fucked up the plans completely because we, we're not we're not set up to to go chasing after a game. It strikes me we don't look we don't look right in that role. No, definitely not. But you know, I think there's been a big sort of inquest into what went wrong. I think there is a danger just to overanalyze it in the sense that. 
as you say, the timing of the goal totally fucked things up for us, really. Um, hard enough to come back from that at home, but away from home. Yeah. Chase the game when you've just conceded with virtually the last kick of the first half. It, it can make things very difficult because it forces you into changes and it allows the home team to change it accordingly just to just to shore things up, really. I mean, here's, here's what's worrying me, and I'm going to link in with two stories on, on News at Den, actually, one before the game and now Ian Holloway's post-match comments. Um, in the week Holloway's described this week that we're in now as his toughest week yet as a Millwall manager, and you know we can all agree with that. We've had it switched today. We've got Reading on Tuesday and then Forest at home next Saturday. So a tough week, very tough week, three decent sides there we're playing. Um, and then in his post-match comments, and he's again, he's hit the, nail in, the, the thing in a nutshell here, he said, um, we didn't show any belief and we lacked a response once the goal went in. It was appalling in every sense, really. I mean, obviously, the, both of the goals were shocking from a defensive point of view. Yeah. But, um, you know, in the first half, as you sort of mentioned, we looked like we were able to sort of carve it switch open at will. Yeah. Uh, playing some lovely football, plenty of opportunities, albeit ones that we didn't make the most of. But in the second half, we were just bereft of that creativity and confidence and it was just a total change um, and very defeatist, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, um, I mean, young Jack Powell started the game today and I thought he started very brightly. There was one ball he played in the first half and I think I went a little bit over the top of my description of it, a Johan Cruyff-style pass. <laughs> it, it, I put my hand up too, you know, hyperbole there, but it, it, it was a beautifully weighted pass that he made and I think it was actually the move that led on to um, to the shot that hit the crossbar. So, Beautiful move. Um, as that first half went on, I just think his his age started to show a little bit. He started to get muscled off the ball, um, and his naivety perhaps at times started to come into play. By the end of the first half, I was saying, you know, um, to those I was with, I, I don't think he'll come out for the second half no. because he just looked a little bit off the off the pace. Yeah, well, it seemed like Wolford sort of got pushed into the middle a bit more after um, Powell went off and. That's clearly not a natural position for him, and we know the importance of the midfield in a Holloway side. So yeah. it seemed a bit ersatz, didn't it, having him there really? When you when we're used to seeing people controlling the game and passing the ball around quite nicely, um, I, I just think that really the changes might have been the wrong ones, but ultimately it's the mental aspect I think of the goal that's done us there. Yeah, I mean, we were just saying that it was, it, you know, I think it was you that said that to remind you of the Kenny Jacket era where we, we go a goal down and then that's it, we're done for for the rest of the game. Yeah. And it just felt a little bit like that at times today. I, I don't even think Ipswich needed the second goal, to be honest, um, because we were so inferior to them in the second half. And what is quite worrying about that is the fact that they could have easily won the game 3 or 4 nil by by the end of it. I thought, I mean, um, there's a tweet here that I want to mention as well from Andrew Williams. He said, Dunn got proper targeted today, um, and by that he's meaning that the Ipswich were exploiting his lack of height. Um, you know, there's an argument about whether he is or isn't a quality central defender at championship level. I'd, I'd rather think he's a great man for a fight, and when you need all hands to the deck and, you know, the relegation battle that we've just been through last season. But this is exposing him now week in, week out to some fairly good quality attack so I just think he got a bit found out at times today yeah I've always had the suspicion that this was going to take place um, and it's a shame but it's not too unsettling in the sense that we've got genuine options at the back now I think 
this might be the catalyst that brings Webster into things, actually, or even just shifting someone like Williams's position, really, because yeah. we, this is not Dunn's natural place, and no. it's, if Holloway couldn't drop him previously because he was actually doing a decent job, but now I think you're going to get genuine reason for that to happen. Well, I mean, he's been named club captain, um, and obviously Paul Robinson's moved on. It seems that he won't be coming back from Pompey. We, I know the option's still there, but it, it kind of has a one-way feel down the M3 for him, doesn't it? Yeah, Dunn's really unfortunate in the sense that um, we've got Edwards playing in his natural position now. I can't see him being dropped any time soon. So it looks as if it's going to be centre-half or nothing for him. And based on today, I do sort of fear for his, his sort of regular featuring in the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to dig him out particularly. I like Alan Dunn and I, I, yeah. like, I like what he does for us and, you know, the contribution that he makes to the club generally, I think, you know, he's, he's much needed. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, reluctant to particularly um, choose him as the, as the culprit. I thought Ford in goal made one or two errors today, although he did make a couple of match uh, goal-saving saves anyway, not match-saving, goal-saving. Um, but some of the quality of his kicking out today was poor as well. So, you know, it was it was a, ba- a bad day at the office as it's been described. That's that much is for sure. Um, I suppose we've got the um, you know the kind of consolation that we've got Reading on Tuesday. If that's a consolation, that's going to be another tough game up there, isn't it? The Majeski Stadium, hard place to go. Yeah, I'm not particularly confident about that to be honest. But uh, having said that. Today, aside, Holloway tends to have made us a lot more competitive away from home. I think this is our first loss on the road in about six. So, you know, it's not impossible to go there and get something. But given the sort of difficulty of the fixture, I would be quite happy with a point, to be honest. What do you think of Renegi today, Charlie? Did you? Um... Not for me, no. I wasn't impressed with him today, although, you know, it's only well, it's his first start, isn't it? So the jury's still out. But um, the whole thing about him seems a bit arbitrary, do you know what I mean? I'm not entirely convinced he's going to be the answer to our, our prayers. No. I mean, some around me were saying he didn't look interested. I think I think that was a little harsh. I think he was I think he was interested. I think he was putting himself about physically and he was in a battle all afternoon because he, he spent a huge amount of time with his back to goal trying to control balls pumped towards him. So, you know, not an easy role, not an easy easy job he's taking on there. That said, he doesn't look dangerous to me. He doesn't look like a dangerous striker. And um, that's what we need. We need a goal scorer, don't we? We need someone that's going to put the ball in the net. I'm just not sure it's him. No, I think it's it's all a bit last minute with him. And um, he seems to be a bit of a carbon copy of Meyerhofer, who wasn't atrocious by any means. But I don't think anyone would have earmarked Meyerhofer had he stayed to be the person who was going to score sort of 15-plus goals for us this season. No, I mean, it was a, a surprise for me start for Jermaine Easter, who's been a little bit out of favour of, for whatever reason, for a while. He made a start today, and you know, I, I think this is this is another thing with our forward. We've got a lot of very willing workhorses. We've got a lot of blokes that will put a shift in. And I thought Jermaine Easter did put a shift in today, but again, no, um, you know, a shot on the on crossbar. Which I suppose you could argue is on target. But he doesn't look dangerous as a striker to me. He just does a lot of work, lays a lot of balls off, but doesn't look like he's ever going to get a goal for you. That's right, actually. But it also adds an element of perspective for me because I'm always sort of reminding myself that this isn't an entirely quality side. We've still got our Easters and, and players of that kind of ilk, yeah. which 
sort of tempers the expectations a little bit, really. Um, I'd be more worried about our sort of toothlessness up front because I don't think we've had a, a striker score in open play in the league. Had, had we actually had a quality sort of front line there, but because I know their limitations, I sort of accept it to an extent. I think they, I saw a stat. I think it's only Watford have got a bigger spread of players that have scored goals. I mean, Mill obviously got a load of players with one goal each, um, or a bunch of players with one goal each. But the strikers, the men that are paid to do the job, are, are clearly not collecting the goals that you you know you would hope would be, um, you know, will take us uh, take us forwards. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. It was it was a tough tough old um, game this afternoon. Got to say, it was very disappointing second half. And I, if I'm honest with myself, I feel a bit empty at the moment, Charlie. So um, I can't blame you, mate. It's you know, it's, it's all right for me. It's been a luxury of mine. Watching your watching illegal stream on the exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think I'll be a lot more miserable had I just got back from it. To be honest, mate. Um, yeah, funny old. It's a funny old ground, Ipswich. It's it's um, that they have a stand on the opposite side. We were the the away side is in what they call the. The cobbled stand along the side, so it's quite you get quite a nice view of the action. But the, on the opposite side of the um, ground, they've got like a I think they're sponsored by the co-op up there, and their slogan is "You love the co-op." And the seats have got picked out "Love Co-op." It reads "Love Coop," which <laughs> puts me in mind of something you might get in Amsterdam or something in the red light district. You know the Love Coop. Um, yeah, and it, it's most odd odd ground. I mean, it's, it's friendly enough up there. There's certainly no uh, no sense of hostility whatsoever, but. I'm glad I don't go there every week, you know. But I, th- I think you say that every ground that you go to in this country, don't you? It's only one just about, just about. Only one ground for us, mate. Let's run through the week's news. Josh Wright's left us. Are you heart- heartbroken that Josh Wright's gone to Crawley, Charlie? Um, well, I'm neither surprised nor devastated. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't hate the bloke, but I just don't think he's cut out for this level, really. Uh, no, we... no. I, mean, I, I think a, a lot would say that. I mean, I, I, I have no... Bad vibes about Josh Wright. I know a few um, latch onto the cartoon Essex Towie West Ham thing. You know the the fake tan and the white teeth and all the rest of it. Um, it that doesn't bother me if I'm honest. I, I, when he first arrived, I thought he actually did have a future. I thought he, is, he was a good passer. And he scored one beautiful volley, and I can't remember was it a derby or somewhere. He caught one on um, Burnley, weren't it? It's up the turf more, I think. Yeah, Townsend um, scored for us that day as well. That's right, and I, th- I thought at that point he, he really had something. He never, never obviously came to fruition, and um, he's, he's been drifting for some time at the club. Now he's gone to Crawley on a on a three month loan, um, which again would seem as though that's going to be another one way street out of the club. So um, I actually wish him well. I, th- I mean, just reading the story on on the news at Den, he's it's a nice. Um, he sounds like a nice enough kid, actually. Um, he bought um, he bought Jack Powell's dinner. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't. Know if we're paying Jack Powell if he needs someone else to buy him dinner. <laughs> but as um, Ian Holloway says, that's a selfless person. I think that was quite a nice little touch. So, um, well done, Josh Powell. Wish you well at, at Crawley. Um, no sign today of Angel Martinez. Um, the new signing from um, well, he's Spanish. I say he's from Spain. He's, he's Spanish. Um, I thought you might have seen him. I don't know. Was there a reason why he wasn't in the squad? I, I, I didn't pick up on, on, on this at all. He wasn't wasn't in the squad at all today. Well, I, th- I think the general consensus is that he's not match fit at the moment because he, he was without a club, wasn't he, when we signed? And he, he's probably just sort of been chilling out, really, in Spain because I know he, was, he wasn't in England either when we first made the inquiry. Right. So he, they're probably just acculturating him to... 
to the sort of training regime and that at the moment. But as well as that, I think the midfield has been half decent this year and I think there's decent competition and Jack Powell deserved to be starting today, really. So even if Angel Martinez was available, I'm not sure he would have started, to be fair. No, I mean, I was having this debate before the game. I, 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 the fitness issue is one thing. I mean, I... I, I I had the idea was probably fitter than what he seems to be. We're in danger of having a, f- a squad that's going to get to full fitness just as the season ends, aren't we? What with him and, and Guy and uh, one or two others. But um, I thought he might start ahead of Powell, to be honest, as the more experienced man, as a senior senior player, I'd, I'd guess. But Powell did deserve his start today, although, I, as we said earlier on, he looked a little bit lightweight as that, um, as that first half went along. Um, also mentioned in the week was this this new youngster Sofian Elbekri. I mean, I've not seen anything of him, but he sounds like he's quite a small player, but very very skillful. So hopefully um, the artistry that we 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 lacked will will come through with those two players, and we certainly need something, uh, Charlie, because we we show nothing in that second half at all, mate, do we? Well, that's it. I mean, Holloway's tried to refashion this side and the culture of playing, and he can only do that so much with using the facilities that are already there so he needs the likes of Martinez and Elbecri coming in to help him do that and and Martinez was I'm led to believe like a key part of his philosophy at Blackpool yeah it's going to make his job a lot easier with players like that coming in it's interesting I mean I've put the notes here continental connections it's interesting that we're starting to see more um, f- foreign players we've got Magay Guy and, and uh, Beckri and, and Martinez coming into the club now um, something we've never really seen on the grand scale at the den. we've obviously had our odd players here and there that have come from abroad but you know in keeping with other championship sides and the Premier League especially we, are, we do seem to be developing um, you know a, a, a stock of continental based players it's going to be interesting to see what they bring to us isn't it well, I think we've been severely lucky. I'm lucky with our foreign players in the past. I just think by sheer misfortune, a lot of the foreigners that we brought in because of their, themselves as individuals have turned out to be fucking clowns. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, just some really bad examples that seem to deter us from doing it quite wrongly uh, in this day and age. And you know, if, if Gray and Elbecri and Martinez and players of that calibre can actually bring something. I'm not concerned where they're from, but uh, no. hopefully it will enhance the style more than anything. Generally speaking, if we go abroad and buy a player, they turn to, tend to be alcoholics. That's always been. Yeah. We're probably we're That's... probably not not in any danger. Wait. Sofiane Elbecri shouldn't be an alcoholic. I'm not sure about Angel Martinez. He might like a nip or two. I don't know. But even even some of the Scottish players we've had, do you know what I mean? Oh, they're alcoholics. Yes, <laughs> it's in their blood. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bob Peters used to like the Weatherspoons, or was it the Brom, Bromley Town Centre? I might be demeaning his character now. He's, I hope he don't listen to the show. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm interested to see this kid though, Sofian. I mean, I've got a mental image of him being almost as big as a football because um, he keeps being described as diminutive. But um, from what I've read here, read here, it sounds like he's you know he's something to look forward to. So yeah, definitely so. But I think the concern with all this for me as well is that it still seems like all the emphasis is being placed on midfield, specifically on a day when we've defended like cunts and looked really blunt up front. So yeah, I wish we were having these sort of prospects in other positions. Do you know what I mean? We're going to have a team of midfielders apart from um, yeah. David Ford in goal. We're going to have 10 midfielders and um, David Ford, aren't we? 
Well, judging from his distribution today, he don't look anywhere near like like he's, he belongs in that side. Inter- I mean, just going back to the game today, it is an interesting thing that we I, we've been well beaten. I think we've got to be honest with ourselves; we got well beaten today, but we've still come away with stats: fifty six percent possession as against forty four percent for Ipswich. Um, you know, so stats wise, we've had fifty six percent of the football. Um, we've had seventeen shots to their sixteen shots six of which were on target, to their four on target. They've scored twice of their four shots on target, and yeah. we've done nothing. That's, you know, I mean, I know statistics aren't everything. There's only one statistic that counts, and that's the scoreline. But um, that's an interesting insight into where it's all going wrong at the moment. Yeah, it speaks to the sort of comfort that it's which had in the second half because of that goal. I think they were quite happy for us to knock the ball about for a bit as long as we weren't showing the intent that we did in the first half. Um and you know you've you've said this on the show before yourself that passing possession football does have the tendency to disappear up its own arse if there's no real purpose to it. Yeah, I, I, I catch myself sounding like some old dinosaur yearning for the old days of wingers and lumping it forward to Steve Morrison, Charlie. I, 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 I think I need a scotch. I think I need to have a drink. <laughs> Fair enough. <mate. laughs> um, Carlos Edwards um, played well today, I thought, as he always does. He's considering moving into coaching, it says here on the uh, on the news at Den. Um, actually, I might delete that. That's an, that's un- an uninteresting story. <laughs> that's, 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 I was trying to think of something interesting to say about that. I might just delete that. I was trying to think of how I could really... I've, I've made notes, but with that, it's sort of one of those things where I just think, yeah, good luck to him if he yeah. does. Yeah, good, but, luck, uh, good luck, Carlos. That's all we can think to say. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think I might even leave that in, actually, because it probably works better as I can't think of anything I want to say to that that storyline. Um, Fitzgerald, Scott Fitzgerald is enthusiastic about Ian Holloway's stance on youth. Um, I mean, I think we're all obviously looking forward to the crop of youngsters, the fabled crop of youngsters, and we've got Fred mentioned here, Josh C. Arthur, Jack Powell we've seen, and, uh, and Ben Thompson. Um, we're all looking forward to seeing these kids develop and come through. There is clearly the old adage, you don't win anything with kids. Um, but equally, you know, we, we, we don't have a huge amount of resources to play with. And to see these kids coming through does offer us hope, but it's probably going to be further down the line than, you know, the immediate next game type of thing, isn't it? Yeah, the impression I'm getting is that Holloway wants to be involved with every level of football that exists at the club, so and he's, he's investing an interest even in the sort of under eleven sides and that to try and pick out the players who are going to fit in with what he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, now I think this is probably the biggest thing we've got to look forward to at the moment because Berylson is not going to be, you know, paying out exorbitant transfer fees, and as well as that, it's a tried and tested method for us because if you think of the last crop of players that represented this emphasis on youth development yeah. no we're talking that that side that had Cahill Airfield Reedy Sadlier etc that was a genuinely successful side for us it wasn't just a promising side it's one of the better sides we've had in the last couple of decades so I think it's something that we really need to be looking at doing especially because it hasn't really been part of the club's ethos for a long time now no, I think it's going to be an interesting five to ten years ahead of us, which uh, you know sounds like a long while when you say it like that. But I'm just reading the quote that you mentioned about Holloway wanting to know what the you know the under nines are mentioned here, what kids yeah. are coming through from the under nines, and and all the way through the various age groups. Um, this is interesting. I mean, clearly, he sees himself being here for that length of time to you know to be taking that level of interest. 
Well, it's very encouraging, and I think you need stuff like this on a day like today to add an element of perspective to things, don't you, really? Because, you know, we've been fighting relegation for the last couple of seasons, and no-one expected us to pull up any trees this year. So it is all about a long-term sort of goal, I think. Um, yeah. You know, Holloway's not a miracle worker, and, and no-one is really in football. So... These are the sort of things that you can focus on and try and change things in the in the long term. That's an interesting point. It's going to, the, two, the last two things to close out this the close out the show actually today. I've got two uh, two quotes at odds with each other. Slightly. Uh, Martin Wolford says that our first priority this season is avoiding relegation, which I, when I first read that made me laugh because I thought, well, that's that's like the half the glass is half full, isn't it? Um, Wolford's priority is to avoid relegation whilst um, Carlos Edwards has gone on the BBC website and said the playoffs are the target so um, after today I think probably Martin Wolford's the more, the more realistic um, of the two um, but then at times today we, you know, you, you could easily have entertained the playoffs in the early stages I thought we, we were looking quite good So, Yeah I read when I was reading those articles I, I did sort of think to myself that behind closed doors they're probably more realistically aiming for mid-table, but it just doesn't make good copy to come out with that. So you either want to be realistic and say it's about hard work and avoiding relegation, or you want to give your fans some optimism and say we're really going for it this year. And uh, the middle ground sort, sort of gets avoided, doesn't it, really? I, I think most of us would be very happy with a mid-table finish this season. Um, mid-table respectability, that's our target, Charlie, you and me, mate, isn't it, eh? That's where we want to finish yeah, I mean, respectability. <laughs> we'll take tenth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, respectability has always been a aim of mine, but I've never achieved it. So um, hopefully, me all can do it for me. Fantastic stuff, mate. That's that's the show. I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show, Charlie. Um, Pleasure. And we'll catch up soon, mate. Thanks a lot. Yes, mate. You take care. You too. Stop with today's result, call 02081440232 and leave your message now. Nick, Fat Harry here, match report. Referee blew the whistle, they scored a goal. They scored another goal, the end. Fat Harry, here to help. Oh, 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 oh. now then, now then, Nick, guess who? It's your old friend Jimmy here, Jingle Jangle. Oh, oh. I have a letter here from a very young man called Matthias Renici. Oh, oh. And it says, Dear Jim, oh, oh, Jingle Jangle, can you fix it for me oh, oh, oh. to win a header in a game of football? Jingle jangle. Well, Matthias, I'm not a fucking miracle worker. Greetings, my old fans. This is Don Fido Corleone. I've been to a most disrespectful spectacle today. I was not pleased, I have to say. The peasant Avante of this Swiss town were allowed to dominate. And a man who allows another man to dominate him does not deserve to bring bread home to his family. I have to tell you that I was displeased with the showing of the striker, Matthias Renegi, for a man of some bearing and some stature. He behaved as though he was a ballerina in midfield. 
The young man, Jack Powell, showed much promise in goal. David Ford, a man of some respect, made one or two errors. And a man that makes errors does not deserve to bring bread home to his family and eat. I will call again soon. Don Vito Pilione of the Lions. Prior to the game, um, was going to go, go to the game today. Made my way up to Suffolk very, 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 very early at uh, 6 a.m. because um, I wanted to take in a bit of uh, pa, 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 plane, plane spotting at uh, RF Lake and Heath in Suffolk. I'm sure many of your listeners know. Um, I, I managed to snuck under a fence to get a bit to the uh, action for my bit of pa, 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 plane pawn, um, and I um, unfortunately got accosted. Oh, by the military police, um, who want to know what I'm doing now. I tried to explain what it was, and they considered that my lunchbox was a suspect package. Um, they carried out a controlled explosion on uh, my said lunchbox, um, and there was fucking egg and cress and Tupperware everywhere. So, um, unfortunately, also in my lunchbox was my ticket for the match. Uh, so um, they've uh, sent me on my way after a few hours questioning. I'm unfortunately unable to make the game, which I was I was quite looking forward to after recent results. Um, hopefully, young Jack Powell gets a good start again today and and and, and carries on where he left off. Um, but I'm going to go and listen to the game on the wireless. Um, um, but I'm going to make my way to my local sp- sp- spoon, spoons uh, and listen to it on there via la 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 lions, la 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 lions, la 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 lions, via lion live. All the best Millwall fans around the world, and I'll catch up with you too soon. To toodle pip. Leave your Millwall messages at zero two zero eight one four four zero two three. Two, do it now. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.